Hi everyone, I'm Jason Curry, President of TBHC Foster Care and Adoption. Before we start today's episode, I wanted to share about a podcast I had the privilege to be a guest on. It's called Now I See, hosted by Kit McCarty. Let me invite you after listening to today's episode to take a moment and follow the link in the description and check out Now I See. You can read blogs or listen to episodes. Hear all of Kit's great stories by going to nis.media. They have been supporters of us, and we are grateful for that. It's an honor to collaborate in sharing the needs of our ministry and sharing the joy of knowing Jesus. Now let's get into today's episode of Bringing Kids Home. Welcome everyone to Bringing Kids Home, a TBHC foster care and adoption production. I'm Kristen, TBHC's outreach and communication admin. We are excited you are joining us today for a special episode about the ministry of serving children through TBHC. We want you to hear how you can make a difference in a child's life. Today's podcast is sponsored by Imagination Learning Center. They nurture children with a positive environment, focus on creativity, education, and self-confidence, and share our faith in God. Find out more at www.imaginationcenter.com. We are grateful to Imagination for supporting today's stories. Now stick around and hear about ordinary people doing extraordinary things to help bring kids home. Good morning. My name is Laurie Henthorne. I'm the Donor Engagement Manager here at TBHC. And today I'm going to be talking with Stacy Beck. She is our Lead Foster Care Director and Clinical Associate. We're good, uh, glad to have you today, Stacy. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about what your job entails and how long you've been here. Yes, yeah, so I have been with TBHC for almost seven years now. Um, I currently am working with our new families that are going through the licensing process. So I help with training and getting them ready to take foster and adoptive placements. I also work with families once they're licensed and they have kids in their home. I am um, working with our clinical director, um, helping families when there's maybe some challenges or behaviors that maybe they need help working through. Um, and so I'm just part of the treatment team. That's awesome. Well, we appreciate what you do here. Um, I just want to get started. To, I know April is uh, Child Abuse Prevention Month, so we're going to be addressing some things about that. And we're going to pick your brain a little bit about um, what you see in your job and, and how we can have a part in helping to prevent child abuse. So let's just start with stats. I know stats aren't always the most interesting way to get information to people, but I think it's important that we realize just how rampant a problem child abuse is. So um, tell us a few stats about child abuse in Texas. Yes, so according to the state records, so you can look this up online at the DFPS website, um, they had one in 155 confirmed cases of abuse and neglect, and one out of 35 um, children there was alleged. So at least one child in a school classroom, there might be possible um, abuse. Mm -hmm. That probably hits home and a lot closer to home than most of us suspect. Mm -hmm. um, and most of us have a preconceived notion of what abuse looks like, but tell us the different types of abuse and what the most common form of abuse is. Yes, so there's uh, physical abuse, emotional abuse, medical neglect, sexual abuse, and just physical neglect. 
And so I think most people think of physical abuse when they think of abuse. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's definitely um, a lot of different areas where children might be mistreated. Um, So I'm sure people have heard the stats that one in four girls um, will be sexually abused before their 18th birthday, and it's one in six boys. So that definitely is a very staggering statistic, Um, as well as, I mean, emotional abuse um, is that lack, you know, lack of love and affection, you know, saying very hurtful things to your children. So um, there's lots of different ways, and oftentimes these do, kids might have multiple forms of abuse and neglect within a family. Mm -hmm. So um, tell us what some of the most common risk factors for abuse and neglect might be. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there obviously in um, with the lower socioeconomic status, there's um, less resources for families. And so we think of people who maybe don't have a good support system around them. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's been a history of family abuse and neglect, so we do often see this can be generational. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, if you think about, um, we learn how to parent, you know, through our own parents. And so some, it may be just lack of education of knowing like what is appropriate discipline, um, and then also, you know, financial supports, daycare, things like that. Um, when we see neglect, a lot of times, you know, parents are leaving their young kids home alone. Um, and it just could be that they don't, they can't afford child care. Right. Um, so definitely there's a supports in the community that are lacking. And so that can definitely lead high stress. Um, we've definitely seen a lot of financial struggles um, with COVID. And so we have seen a, um, an increase of uh, child abuse. Um, so you just think about how we react when we're stressed. And so that can play into, as a parent, you know, losing um, your temper and not being able to um, deal with the stress that you're having as a parent. So mm-hmm. all those things can play into how a family um, handles, you know, discipline and caring for their children. Mm-hmm. And I've heard also that um, possibly a parent's boyfriend or girlfriend or a transient caregiver in a home is is also a risk factor Mm-hmm. Um, but also wondering, um, related to that, how often is the perpetrator a parent? Yes, so, I mean, majority of the time, um, kids know their abusers. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a statistic that I read that um, about 76% um, of abuse cases are parents or close, you know, relatives. Mm-hmm. Um, it's often immediate family members and close family friends. Um, these are the people that children trust and love in abuse is oftentimes a slow build. Um, it may start with a high-stress situation and an adult losing control of their emotions. Um, off, it can also be drug abuse in the home. Um, that stems from a lot of deeper emotional issues that the family's dealing with. And so um, it definitely um, these the people that the kids are around the most is going to be the more likelihood that those are the ones that are going to be abusing um, or neglecting these children. Right. So um, what would you say is the most vulnerable age to maltreatment? For sure the younger children, um, mostly because they can't speak up for themselves. Um, we do see, um, I mean, we see kids of all ages coming into care from babies to teenagers. Um, it just, more the neglect part is definitely going to be, I would say, your more younger kids just because they can't fend for themselves. Um, but our older kids, we're going to see a lot more of the physical and sexual abuse, um, especially during, like, early puberty. Um, we've seen a lot of that with, you know, family, friends, and things like that with sexual abuse. Mm. That's, I'm sure that's hard to see. Yes. Uh, 
So how does violence or neglect in childhood affect a child's future success in life, such as mm -hmm. graduating from high school, going on to have a successful job? or what? Yes. So abuse and neglect have profound um, effects on a child's developing brain. Um, we see a lot of kids that are behind in school um, because how can you work through schoolwork if you're having all this stress at home on your body and on your mental state? And so we definitely see um, less... Um, Kids are less likely to graduate high school. Um, they tend to drop out a lot earlier. Um, more likely to abuse substances themselves to cope with the pain that they're experiencing. Um, and just perpetuating that cycle of abuse. You know, they repeat what they learn. And so if they haven't learned how to handle, you know, difficult emotions, they're more likely to act out in more aggressive and, and violent ways. Right. Um, and while I don't want to discount what the impact is to each child that that suffers abuse or neglect, we have to also think about how this in turn affects the whole community. You know, people may think child abuse next door doesn't really affect me, mm -hmm. but it does in reality affect the the wellness and the, the well-being of our community. So it's it has a, a very widespread and long-lasting effect. Yes. So re related to what you were just saying, um, once victims reach childhood, how does child abuse or neglect play out, as in what kinds of behavior are we likely to see from adult survivors? Yes, yeah, so you'll see a lot of adults with um, mental health issues. I mean, depression, suicidal um, ideation and attempts. Um, obviously, we've seen a lot of people turn to substances um, like drugs and alcohol to help them deal with these feelings. Um, we'll have um, people with PTSD and just and sometimes a hard time holding down jobs mm -hmm. um, and just building relationships. It can be very difficult if you don't know, you know, how to have safe and healthy relationships because you didn't grow up learning how to create them. Um, and so in adulthood, I mean, oftentimes these people, um, you know, there's a huge um, statistics of re-victimization. So if they were abused as a child, they're more likely to be abused as an adult. So finding, you know, partners and um, that also abuse them. And so, I mean, it has in domestic violence, it has a ton of financial strain on the community as well. Um, but we see a lot of, you know, adults struggling, you know, trying to work through all the, the pain and suffering that they've experienced as adults. Hmm. Wow. So um, can you tell our listeners what are some less obvious signs of abuse that we as the community should be aware of? Mm -hmm. So I think most people assume that children are just going to tell them, mm -hmm. but that's actually not true. I mean, these children are very loyal to their families, as most kids are. That's what they know. They may not realize what's happening to them is abuse or neglect. Um, and so a lot of times we'll see if something is starting to, you know, happen within the home, you'll see changes in a child's behavior. So maybe a child that's normally been really quiet starts acting up in class. Um, maybe a child that's normally been really happy and joyful starts becoming withdrawn. Um, you can see them distancing themselves from their friends, um, not enjoying the things that normally they typically enjoyed. Um, children that have suspicious bruising, and there always tends to be these very... Um, stories that go along with them and sometimes it can sound like the child's been rehearsed mm -hmm. um, 
improper hygiene can be a sign of neglect. And now it's hard with puberty because we all know teaching <laughs> children to wash themselves can be difficult. Right. But um, if you've seen a huge um, change in the way the child is coming to school, what they're dressed in, um, if a child keeps missing a lot of school, that can also be, and then grades dropping, mm-hmm. um, you know, they may not say it with their words, but they definitely say it with their actions if something's going on at home. And of course, just one of these things doesn't mean that there's abuse, right. but I mean, cause kids are kids and they could be just having a rough week and things mm-hmm. like that. But it's definitely a pattern of these things that you're seeing. Um, and of course kids do sometimes say if something's happening, um, but they might test it out and say something kind of small and see how you react Mm -hmm. and then maybe build up. But it takes a lot of trust for kids to come forward and to disclose verbally what's happening at home. I'm sure it does. So with that in mind, if we are suspecting or seeing abuse in a child, how do we as a community or a friend or neighbor, how do we respond to that? Yes. So in Texas, everyone is a mandated reporter. So if you suspect something, um, you need to report it. And mm-hmm. so you can call the Texas Abuse and Neglect Hotline, or you can also make an online report mm-hmm. um, at, on the DFPS website. It's on the first page. It says Report Abuse and Neglect. It's a red button. Um, so if you do suspect something, report. But make yourself aware of the signs and symptoms. You know, pay attention. Um, we've all probably had neighbors or people that we have interacted with that maybe you just something didn't set right with you. Um, Definitely don't interrogate children. Don't, if they do disclose, don't keep asking questions because you don't want to impede with any investigations that might come through. You don't want to put any words in the children's mouth. But definitely, if a child comes forward and they disclose, you know, tell them that, you know, you care about their safety. And if they ask you to keep it a secret, you know, tell them you can't, um, that you have to tell somebody, you know. But um, if it's just signs that you're noticing, you know, report. As long as you're not falsely reporting, um, you can't get in trouble if they do an investigation and nothing. If they don't find anything, you know, you're not going to get in trouble for reporting unless they find out that you're maliciously reporting. Right. Um, obviously, don't do that. But mm-hmm. we, we need our community to be aware and to look out for these kids because they need people like you to um, be that voice for them because they're not always able to do it for themselves. Right. Well, um, Stacy, thank you for what you do here in in helping address these issues and, and these problems that are huge in our community. Um, and I know that you're going to be sharing your own story next month in May. Do you want to give us a little teaser about that? Um, well, it's a little story of um, our hus- my husband and uh, my journey through fostering and adopting. Um, so yeah, you'll get to hear about that. Well, we can't wait to hear from you then. Thank you for joining us today and, um, thank y'all for listening. Have a good one. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to get in touch with today's guest or any of our previous guests, you can contact us through our email podcast at tbhc.org. That's podcast at tbhc.org. Leave us a comment, recommend a guest to our show and give us a five-star review wherever you listen. And don't forget to subscribe. For more information, check out our website, tbhc.org, and discover how you can participate in bringing kids home.